So just allowing your mind to settle, to become quiet. Allowing your awareness to sink down from the area of your head down into your body. Allow the space between your ears to become soft. And we'll try to receive this text with our body, listen with our body. Allowing the conceptual mind to be quiet. Recitation of the first chapter of the Bhimalikirti Nidesha. Purification of the Buddha Field. Reverence to all Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, Aryashravakas and Pracheka Buddhas in the past, the present and the future. Thus have I heard at one time the Lord Buddha was in residence in the garden of Amrapali, in the city of Vaishali, attended by a great gathering. Of bhikshus there were 8,000, all arahants. They were free from impurities and afflictions, and all had attained self-mastery. Their minds were entirely liberated by perfect wisdom. They were calm and dignified, like royal elephants. They had accomplished their work, done what they had to do, cast off their burdens, attained their goals, and totally destroyed the bonds of existence. They all had attained the utmost perfection in mastery of their thoughts. Of bodhisattvas, there were 32,000 great spiritual heroes who were universally acclaimed. They were dedicated through the penetrating activity of their great super-knowledges and were sustained by the grace of the Buddha. Guardians of the city of Dharma, they upheld the true Dharma and their great teachings resounded like the lion's roar throughout the ten directions. 
without having to be asked. They were the natural spiritual friends of all living beings. They maintained unbroken the succession of the three jewels, conquering Maras and opponents and overwhelming all critics. There were also gathered there 10,000 Brahmas. At their head, Brahma Sikkin, who had come from the Ashoka universe with its four sectors to see, venerate and serve the Buddha and to hear the Dharma from his own mouth. <coughs> there were 12,000 chakras from various four sector universes. And there were other powerful gods, Brahmas, Chakras, Lokapalas, Devas, Nagas, Yakshas, Gandharvas, Ashuras, Garudas, Kimnaras and Maharagas. Finally, there was a fourfold community consisting of bhikshus, bhikshunis, laymen and laywomen. The Lord Buddha, thus surrounded and venerated by these multitudes of many hundreds of thousands of living beings, sat upon a majestic lion throne and began to teach the Dhamma. Dominating all the multitudes, just as Sumeru, the king of mountains, looms high over the oceans, the Lord Buddha shone, radiated and glittered as he sat upon his magnificent lion throne. Thereupon, the Lichavi Bodhisattva Ratnakara, with 500 Lichavi youths, each holding a precious parasol made of seven different kinds of jewels, came forth from the city of Vaishali and presented himself at the grove of Amrapali. Each approached the Buddha, bowed at his feet, circumambulated him clockwise seven times, laid down his precious parasol in offering and withdrew to one side. As soon as all these precious parasols had been laid down, suddenly, by the miraculous power of the Blessed One, they were transformed into a single precious canopy, so great that it formed a covering for this entire billion-world galaxy. The surface of the entire billion-world galaxy was reflected in the interior of the great precious canopy, where the total content of this galaxy could be seen. Limitless mansions of suns, moons and stellar bodies, all the great oceans, rivers, bays, torrents, streams, 
brooks and springs. Finally, all the villages, suburbs, cities, capitals, <coughs> provinces and wildernesses. All this could be clearly seen by everyone. At this vision of the magnificent miracle affected by the supernatural power of the Lord Buddha, the entire host was ecstatic, enraptured, astonished, delighted, satisfied and filled with awe and pleasure. They all bowed down to the Tathagata, withdrew to one side with palms pressed together and gazed upon him with fixed attention. The young Lichavi Ratnakara knelt with his right knee on the ground, raised his hands, palms pressed together in salute of the Buddha and praised him with the following verses. So now in call and response. Pure are your eyes. Broad and, beautiful. Broad and beautiful, like the petals of a blue lotus. Like of a blue lotus. Pure, are Pure are your intentions, having discovered the supreme transcendence, having discovered the supreme transcendence. of all meditations. Immeasurable is the ocean of your virtues. The accumulation of your skillful deeds. You lead to the path of peace. O oh, great wanderer, homage to you. Bull like man. Leader. Leader, we see your wonder, the superb and radiant fields of the Sugatas appear before us, and your extensive spiritual teachings that lead to the, death, to the deathless can be heard throughout the whole reach of space. Dharma King, you reign with the Dharma, your supreme Dharma Kingdom, and thereby bestow the treasures of the Dharma 
upon all living beings. beings. Skillful in the deep analysis of things. You teach their ultimate meaning. Sovereign Lord of Dharma. Homage to you. All these things arise dependently from causes, yet they are neither existent nor non-existent. Therein is neither ego nor experiencer nor doer. Yet no action, skillful or unskillful, loses its effects. Such is your teaching. O Shakyamuni, conquering the powerful host of Mara, you found peace, the deathless and the happiness of that supreme enlightenment, which is not realised by any among the heterodox, though they arrest their feeling, thought and mental processes. O wonderful King of Dhamma, you turned the wheel of Dharma before men and gods with its threefold revolution, its manifold aspects, its purity of nature and its extreme peace and thereby the three jewels were revealed. Those who are well disciplined by your precious Dharma are free of vain imaginings and always deeply peaceful. You are the great healer who puts an end to birth, decay, sickness, and death. Immeasurable ocean of virtue, homage to you. Like Mount Sumeru, you are unmoved by honour or scorn. You love moral beings and immoral beings equally. Poised in equanimity, your mind is like the sky, jewel amongst beings, who would not honour you? Great sage, in all these multitudes gathered here, who look upon your face with hearts sincere in faith, 
each sees the victorious one facing us. This is a special quality of the Buddha. Although the Blessed One speaks with a single sound, those present perceive that same voice differently. And each understands in their own language, according to their own needs. This is a special quality of the Buddha. From the leader's act of speaking in a single voice, some merely develop an instinct for the teaching. Some gain realization. Some find pacification of all their doubts. This is a special quality of the Buddha. Homage to you. Being with the ten powers. Homage to you. Fearless and free from dread. Homage to you. Leader of all living beings. Who fully manifests the special qualities. Homage to you. Who has cut the bondage of all fetters. Homage to you. Having reached the further shore. Standing on firm ground. Homage to you. Who saves suffering beings. Homage to you. Who has gone beyond rebirth. You associate with living beings by going into their worlds. Yet your mind is liberated from all worlds. Just as the lotus, born of mud, is not tainted thereby. So the lotus of the Buddha preserves the realization of emptiness. You have eliminated all signs in all things everywhere. You are not subject to any wish for anything at all. The great power of the Buddhas is inconceivable. I bow to you, who stand nowhere, like infinite space.
then, the young Lichavi Ratnakura, having celebrated the Buddha with these verses, further addressed him. Blessed one, these 500 young Lichavis are truly on their way to unexcelled, perfect enlightenment. And they have asked, what is the Bodhisattva's purification of the Buddha field? Please explain to them the Bodhisattva's purification of the Buddha field. Upon this request, the Buddha gave his approval to the young Lichavi Ratnakara. Good, good young man. Your question to the Tathagata about the purification of the Buddha field is indeed good. Therefore, young man, listen well and engrave it on your mind. I will explain to you the purification of the Buddha field of the Bodhisattvas. Excellent, O Blessed One, replied Ratnakara and the 500 young Lichavis, as they set themselves to listen. The Buddha said, Noble sons, a Buddha field of bodhisattvas is a field of living beings. Why so? A bodhisattva embraces a Buddha field to the same extent that he causes the development of living beings. He embraces a Buddha field to the same extent that living beings become disciplined. He embraces a Buddha field to the same extent that, through entrance into a Buddha field, living beings penetrate the wisdom of the Buddhas. He embraces a Buddha field to the extent, same extent that, through entrance into that Buddha field, living beings increase their noble spiritual faculties. Why so? Noble son, a Buddha field of bodhisattvas springs from the aims of living beings. For example, Ratnakara, should one wish to build in empty space, one might go ahead, in spite of the fact that it is not possible to build or adorn anything in empty space. In just the same way, should a bodhisattva, who knows full well that all things are like empty space, wish to build a Buddha field in order to develop living beings, he might go ahead, in spite of the fact that it is not possible to build or adorn a Buddha field in empty space. Yet, Ratnakara, a Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of positive intentions. When he attains enlightenment, living beings free of hypocrisy and deceit will be born in his Buddha field. Noble son, a Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of high resolve. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who have harvested the two stores and have planted the roots of virtue will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of effort. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who live by all skillful actions will be born in his Buddha field. 
A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is the magnificence of the conception of the spirit of enlightenment. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who are actually participating in the Mahayana will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of generosity. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who give away all their possessions will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of patience. When he attains enlightenment, living beings with the transcendences of patience, discipline and the superior meditation, hence beautiful with the 32 auspicious signs, will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of meditation. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who are gifted with mindfulness, clear comprehension and concentration will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field is a field of wisdom. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who are destined for the ultimate will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field consists of the four immeasurables. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who live by love, compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity will be born in his Buddha field. A Bodhisattva's Buddha field consists of the four means of unification. When he attains enlightenment, living beings who are held together by all the liberations will be born in his Buddha field. The purity of his Buddha field reflects the purity of living beings. The purity of the living beings reflects the purity of his wisdom. The purity of his wisdom reflects the purity of his teaching. The purity of his teaching reflects the purity of his transcendental, transcendental practice. And the purity of his transcendental practice reflects the purity of his own mind. Thereupon, magically influenced by the Buddha, the Venerable Shariputra had this thought. If the Buddha field is pure only to the extent that the mind of the Bodhisattva is pure, then, when Shakyamuni was engaged in the career of the Bodhisattva, his mind must have been impure. Otherwise, how could this Buddha field appear to be so impure? The Buddha, knowing telepathically the thought of Venerable Shariputra, said to him, What do you think, Shariputra? Is it because the sun and moon are impure that those blind from birth do not see them? Shariputra replied, No, blessed one, it is not so. The fault lies with those blind from birth and not with the sun and moon. The Buddha declared, In the same way, Shariputra, the fact that some living beings do not behold 
the splendid display of virtues of the Buddha field of the Tathagata is due to their own ignorance. It is not the fault of the Tathagata, Shariputra. The Buddha field of the Tathagata is pure, but you do not see it. Then the Brahma Sikkin said to the Venerable Shariputra, Reverend Shariputra, do not say that the Buddha field of the Tathagata is impure. Reverend Shariputra, the Buddha field of the Tathagata is pure. I see the splendid expanse of the Buddha field of the Lord Shakyamuni as equal to the splendor of, for example, the abodes of the highest deities. Then the Venerable Sariputra said to the Brahma Sikkin, As for me, O Brahma, I see this great earth with its highs and lows, its thorns, its precipices, its peaks and its abysses, as if it were entirely filled with filth. Brahma Sikkin replied, The fact that you see such a Buddha field as this, as if it were so impure, Reverend Shariputra, is a sure sign that there are highs and lows in your mind, and that your positive intentions in regard to the Buddha wisdom is not pure either. Reverend Shariputra, those whose minds are impartial toward all living beings, and whose positive thoughts toward the Buddha wisdom are pure, see this Buddha field as perfectly pure. Thereupon, the Buddha touched the ground of this billion-world galactic universe with his big toe, and suddenly it was transformed into a huge mass of precious jewels, a magnificent array of many hundreds of thousands of clusters of precious gems, until it resembled the universe of the Tathagata Ratnavyuha. Everyone in the entire assembly was filled with wonder, each perceiving himself seated on a throne of jewelled lotuses. Then, the Buddha said to the Venerable Shariputra, Shariputra, do you see this splendour of the virtues of the Buddha field? Shariputra replied, I see it, blessed one. Here before me is a display of splendour such as I never before heard of or beheld. The Buddha said, Shariputra, this Buddha field is always thus pure. But the Tathagata makes it appear to be spoiled by many faults, 
in order to bring about the maturity of inferior living beings. For example, Shariputra, the gods of the triad Shringsa heaven all take their food from a single precious vessel, yet the nectar which nourishes each one differs according to the differences of the merits each has accumulated. Just so, Shariputra, living beings born in the same Buddha field see the splendour of the virtues of the Buddha fields of the Buddha according to their own degrees of purity. When this splendour of the beauty of the virtues of the Buddha field shone forth, 84,000 beings conceive the spirit of unexcelled perfect enlightenment. And the 500 Lichavi youths who had accompanied the young Lichavi Ratnakara all attained the patience of ultimate birthlessness. Then the Buddha withdrew his miraculous power and at once the Buddha field was restored to its usual appearance. Then, both men and gods who followed the way of the disciple thought, Alas, all constructed things are impermanent. Thereby, 32,000 living beings purified their immaculate, undistorted Dharma eye in regard to all things. The 8,000 bhikshus were liberated from their mental defilements attaining the state of non-grasping and the 84,000 living beings who were devoted to the grandeur of the Buddha field, having understood that all things are by nature but magical creations, all conceived in their own minds the spirit of unexcelled, totally perfect enlightenment.